All right, so everybody is losing their damn mind as soon as they seen some of the proposed changes, rule changes for the IPF. And um, these went out and people seriously are freaking losing their mind about it. But there's a couple things that some people missed that need to be addressed. Okay, so um, I guess we'll start right off the top. Let me tell you what these changes are. Um, and these are all proposed international changes. So uh, off the top, I see um, 36 months uh, for ban on lifters for lifting or officiating in non-IPF events at a regional, national, or international level, not just 12 months. Athlete may not display national flags during medal ceremonies. We're going to have to double back on that one because people got real rallied up about that one. Having minimum Wilkes qualification for international meets, um, which doesn't sound half bad to me. Proposal for an inspection of venue before competition. This will include the spotting and loading team to ensure they have the experience. Uh, also, obviously, not a bad idea. World records cannot be broken in invitational such as Arnold's. Um, some people don't like that, but not the craziest. Removal, and we're going to have to double back on that one as well. Removal of any downward movement is not permitted as a squat reason for failure. Um, okay, so usually in power lifts, any kind of downward movement, whether it's bench, dead, or squat, and your lift fails, and this is a proposal to remove that for the squat only. Interesting. Uh, next one. Not allowed to put your feet on the bench and you have to lie. And then it says, quotes, as flat as possible. Now, these are abbreviated. Um, okay, so I'm not going to read the whole goddamn proposal for all these. We're going to be here all day, but that's one of them. Okay, not allowed to put your feet on the bench and you have to lie as flat as possible. Um, obviously, uh, the Instagram warriors are going to like this one. Um, propose. Let's, let's continue on. If a lifter loses balance at the top of a deadlift, but finishes the lift erect and lock, there should not be a reason for disqualification. And sumo deadlifters will like that one because um, sometimes when you're sumo pulling, you're going to teeter at the top. Again, just like earlier, uh, the squat, they said no downward motion. Let's get rid of that. Essentially saying that for the, for the deadlift as well. So, so far going through these, now just the bench would have a downward motion. Another one, t-shirts worn on all lifters on all lifts. And uh, a lot of people upset. Steffi Cohen had a pretty funny comment. Well, come on now. That's when everybody looks the most jacked when they're deadlifting. And uh, <laughs> it's true. That's, uh, that's the best pics you get from a cop. But I digress. Let's see some more of these proposed rule changes. Knee sleeves need to be put, need to be put on in front of the technical officer. Logistically, this could be some headaches at some of these competitions if you've seen how big they are and how crazy things get. But that's a proposal. Two changes for both squat and bench, just like the deadlift. So on your last deadlift, you're allowed to change your final attempt twice. 
it makes things spicy and interesting because um, if you're deadlifting the heaviest, you get to see everybody else go first and you get to change your deadlift a couple times over depending on who misses, who hits, etc. You can have a placeholder deadlift um, and just scare your opposition and change it, whatever the hell. There's a lot of strategy involved once the game starts playing. I'm not going to break out all the different ways, but um, they want to open it up for not just the deadlift, but for the bench and the squat as well. Um, and there you have it. And uh, we, got, we got another page here. This is a summary. I think there's some other rule changes, but this is just a few off the top. The year a lifter turns 14, they are eligible to lift, not from their birthday. So it's the year of, which is kind of like your junior, the year you turn, or a master, the year you turn, not just on your birthday. Uh, that's not the craziest rule change. Competitive lifting under 14 is allowed to national level. Uh, all right. I don't know how many people under 14 are lifting at national level, but whatever. If there's a market, we could talk about it. Change of Wilkes formula to an IPF coefficient. And the possible, a lot of people have talked about how shit the Wilkes formula is um, and uh, how skewed it is in favoring certain weight classes. Um, the possible addition of an extra female weight class, 95 kilo or 96 kilo. Some of the women like that because it's, it's a pretty, it can be a pretty big jump. Um, from one of it, it, it's 84 kilo, and that's uh, when you're weighing in the buck 80s, and then super heavyweight's the only one right above you. And uh, if some of these ladies are pushing in the late 200s, 300, that's a massive uh, weight disparity. You, yeah, I mean, your early 200s, you might be forced to do some extreme water cutting, etc. Um, you know, some people in the middle, some ladies in the middle would be like, look, we could use a couple weight class or a weight class in between at least just to have some more options. So there isn't quite that spread because you can have some athletes stuck in no man's land, so to speak. And then they're doomed to either battle giants and, um, and you're just not, I mean, you gotta be a phenomenal lifter to beat somebody with that much size on you. There's a reason why there's weight classes, mass moves, mass. Or you got to do some incredible weight cutting that, I mean, if you get too small, too light, too much of a cut, it's going to affect you. Uh, nonetheless, okay, so in the last one here, dropping the junior age class to 21 from under 23 and possible abolishment of sub-junior. Or drop this to 17. All right, there you have it. Now, some people are just losing their fucking goddamn minds over these propositions. First off, Let's just talk about how this all happens, um, how these are all brought forth and everything. Some people are just losing their shit as soon as they saw these, which frightens me and makes me, it's literally some people's reaction is, this is stupid, this is why the IPF is stupid. Does the IPF want to continue losing lifters? This is ridiculous, this is why I'll never lift with the IPF. Um, some people are <laughs> getting crazy like, I'm American. This is, you can't tell me all these rules. This is why I live in a place like America. And uh, this is why nobody cares about the IPF, even though the IPF is the biggest federation in the world. So I don't understand some of these comments. But he, let, 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 me, let me just summarize this, ladies and gentlemen. These rule changes, we, we, all the member nations across the world are pulled and asked, do you have any proposals for rule changes as any democracy should act. A democracy where people are voted in 
Everybody has a say. Everybody has a vote. Everybody is represented. Everybody's voice is heard. You gather these proposals from around the world. Are some of them silly? Sure. They're just proposals. You can't say, I'm not going to take a proposal from Algeria because the last two years I didn't like their proposals. They were silly. You no longer have a voice. No, that's not how it works. That's not democracy. Okay, for the people saying this is stupid, there's so many rules, they're so tight, they're so stringent, it's actually the opposite. They are so open, they're going to take all proposals on and talk about them, debate them in terms of their merits and vote on them so that everyone has a voice and nobody can say, I'm not being heard. Even some of the sillier ones, they got to, if it comes from a member nation, you got to humor it. That is not a bad thing. Okay? That's not a bullshit thing. It's a lot of people say, I'm not going to lift with the IPF. I'd rather lift with a federation that is for the lifters. That is, by definition, for the lifters. When you ask all the representatives around the world and these member nations, you guys are voting in your presidents. You know, you're voting in your provincial or state presidents and you're voting in, everyone gets voted in all over the world and represents you. This is how it works in all democracies around the world. You know, you vote in the guy who's running for state or provincials, you vote in the nationals and et cetera. That's how democracy works. Okay, just bear with me. If I sound a little frustrated, I don't get the uproar. So then when these representatives put forth these ideas, yes, some of them will be silly. Yes, some of them are definitely silly. They're not going to get the votes, obviously. And this happens, by the way, this has happened and will continue to happen. Okay, so it is what it is. This is what voting is all about. These aren't going to get voted through. But you got it. You have to go through the democratic route. What federation are you lifting in that this isn't how it works? That you don't have representatives from all over the world that were voted in? that have a voice and that can put forth proposals when proposals are asked for and those proposals are debated and voted on. What federation are you lifting in that that doesn't happen? What federation are you lifting in that that's mocked? I don't get it. And that's the federation you think people will jump from the IPF and join. I hope that is not your federation. I hope you don't have a federation that says, you know what? fuck all these people in all these different nations voting in the representatives to be represented on the global body. Fuck all these people that push forth their proposals from the base, you know, representing their people from their regions around the world. We're not going to even bother entertain them, debate them, vote on them, whatever. It's just how it works. This is the democratic process. You're going to see some shit. You know, it's just the way these aren't going to go through. It's fine. Some of the sillier ones are probably going to be silly to everybody else as well. They're proposals. You know, I I think some of these guys and girls are just, uh, maybe you're just only into sports. You're not used to politics and some of the funny things you see on all sports. This is the stuff you got to see on the political side of things. Maybe this is just something that's coming to light now. But when you're as big is an IPF, which is a massive global body, 
This is stuff that comes full. You, you're going to see this kind of stuff, man. You got to take in these proposals. You got to consider them. You got to go through these hoops. Or would you rather a dictatorship where you can tell somebody in an email to go fuck themselves, I'm running the show, and nothing's going to happen. I mean, everyone loves to get outraged when that happens, but that's a dictatorship. That's how a dictatorship will run. But this is a democracy. What do you want? This is what it is. I don't get it. You know, in terms of the outrage, uh, maybe people just don't understand the process or, you know, uh, haven't sat back and thought of it. Some people, I think, were reacting as though these weren't even proposals. It's just straight up rule changes. You know, if you've hung around powerlifting long enough, you've heard a lot of dumb ideas float around um, from all over the place. You know, some people even actually sometimes, you know, not even just powerlifting, period. You got buddies who are smart enough guys and they'll say some stupid things. Like, Come on, man. But it's never going to get past a certain extent. You know, these, these, a lot of these aren't going to go through. Now, let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about some of these that have been put forth. Um, in terms of 36 months, but not 12-month ban for lifting um, in an in IPF regional or, or, or non-IPF regional, national, international. I mean, you're going to have a ban to a certain extent because um, you got to kind of pick a lane. And uh, that's not exactly the, I mean, WADA and every, if you want to go in with the Olympics and this, okay, honestly, this is the direction IPF is trying to move in is IOC recognition. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if that's going to go through, but just keep these kind of things in mind. These aren't just coming out of nowhere, right? So whatever standard par for the courts that other sports federations are doing, especially with doping protocol, they're probably going to try to follow suit. Um, no one's trying to be super tough on lifters, but, uh, you know, bully, the bully and the bully. And why are you trying to bully? Nobody's bullying, man. <laughs> They're just, this is the, this is the protocol you're trying to follow suit with the rest of the sporting world. Okay. And to get IOC recognition, we already know this is the direction IPF is trying to go in. Athlete may not display national flags during medal ceremonies. Now people are losing their shit on that. People are like, What? What is, what's wrong with patriotism? What's wrong with a flag? What the hell can be possibly wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. Here's another thing. They're following suit. Um, I mean, I, okay, first off, I've been to the last few IPF World Championships commentating at them. Um, I know it's no secret, but there are flags every flip and where. Every time a lifter hits the platform, I see his name and their flag, and then I see the weight they're about to lift. Every time I look up, they have nothing but flags hanging from banners. In the opening ceremonies, they got a, literally a, a parade of flags. When the, whenever there's medals won, I see flags drop from the ceiling. I hear national anthems. There's flags on everybody's lifting suits to everybody's jumpsuits to flags um, on the closing ceremonies to flags and national anthem. If I could get a dollar every time I got, I either seen something patriotic or heard something like that, it's all over, okay? So why did they say not during medal ceremonies? 
It's nothing to do with, well, they're just trying to take away people's ability to wave their flag. No, man. It's literally as simple as in the Olympics, they don't have it. In the Olympics, they like a nice clean presentation where the flags come down from the ceiling. Every, it's all the exact same sized flags and everything. The athletes look up at their flags, look over at their flags. It's that big moment. The whole crowd looks over at the flags. The anthem's on, and it's a tearful moment, and that's that. That's how the Olympics like the presentation. They don't like this guy coming out with a two-foot flag, that guy coming out with an eight-foot flag. This person didn't have their flag, and then it looks kind of funky. They're like, look it, if that's the way it's gonna be, we will supply the flags for you. We'll post it up on the big screen. We'll drop them from the roof. Do whatever it is. We'll play the national anthems. We're gonna make it all look the same, nice and clean and professional, just like the Olympics do it, because that's where we're trying to get in. That's all it is. That's all it is. If you're scratching your head why, well, now you just found out. Okay, when you have a little local meet and you walk in there, who gives a shit? Okay, you forgot your flag. You got a two-foot flag and this guy is a little boisterous and got himself an eight-foot flag. Whatever, hop on there because who gives a shit? It's a local meet. But when you're on a world stage, it's got to look nice. It's got to look the same every time over, and it's got to look professional, and it's got to look like we want ahead, which is the Olympics. If you see people taking pictures with flags on the podium afterwards is because you do that afterwards. The medal ceremony is officially done, but people stay for pictures. It's fine. You pop your flag because no one's against flags. No one's against patriotism. There's just a time and a place and you run it orderly. And um, it's not, oh my God, the IPF is so stickler. I, ah. No, man. This is us catching up to the rest of the sporting world. You know, uh, again, this, is, this isn't just, I, this is the way um, you know, the sports and how many sports are in the Olympics and every single one of them's run and this is where we're trying to get. So there's the story behind the flags. Um, in terms of the minimum Wilkes qualification for internationals, don't sound too bad to me. Some nations, um, you put forth your national champion, but your national champion is way below par and um, it kind of looks funny. Once again, we're trying to keep it um, an elite level a world-class level, and um, I don't think it's a bad idea. We'll see what happens. I know the flip side of that is they want to have as many nations represented as possible at these world championships. So, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I know sometimes, I know with the Olympics, some sports have regional qualifiers. To go to the worlds, you gotta win your nations, as well as the continental or some regional qualifier as well. Other nations, they're big enough, strong enough in that respect of sport, they don't have to. You know what, these are all, if things get complicated with that, and you better watch yourself when you make those rules and choose which nations go straight to the worlds because you're gonna get people upset. But that's just the Wilkes qualification. I don't think too many people go rough, ruffle at it. Some people were saying, just real quick, if some of these rules seem to conflict, I already, I already, I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself. Because people are saying, well, you're asking for a minimum Wilkes, but now you're talking about changing the Wilkes um, formula altogether. Well, that's because these are all given from all around the world, different nations. Okay? Some nations, so like, keep this in mind. It's not all coming from, it's, th these are coming from all over the world, from the members, from the lifters. Okay? They're, it's getting put forth like that. This isn't the IPF. The IPF is going to talk about it, vote on it, with the members voting. Okay, so this, I don't know where people think, people are reading this as though the IPF ruled out a list of 
fucking some of them silly propositions like here's what's gonna happen like it or not anyways uh a good one i like proposal for an inspection of venue absolutely let's make sure these venues are top notch again everything is about raising the quality which is nice before the competition happens um, including spotting a loaning team you know let's see what some of the resumes are how many events have you spotted and loaded for you know, have you done it at a national, the local national event, whatever nation's hosting these worlds? Because the IPF, the world championships float from nation to nation because it's a true global governing body, as opposed to some federations call themselves world federations and they're not, okay? They're pretty much based in one nation and pretty much that's that. Uh, it's different, so it's more complicated. I'm not trying to say this to be an asshole if I'm coming off like that, but I think the way some people reacted, they're just not used to the fact like, yes, man, this is how, it, things are different when you're this flipping big. I, I don't know if you read, like, how many nations are involved and um, when you're working with IOC recognition, et cetera, there's, there's checks and balances to go through and everybody's gotta be represented and everything's gotta be done with a democratic view and everybody's got to have votes and and when you go from world to world across the world nation and nation you know the, these are some of the rules and that proposals have got to be put forth and these maybe are some issues some federations that are more based in one nation never got to worry about because it's it's just uh, it's not as big and i'm not saying that to be a, a jerk man but it's true you know, uh, so, so there you have it. World records cannot be broken in invitational such as Arnold's. Some people, the reaction is, what the shit is the difference if you break a world record at a local meet or if you break a world record at a, at a world level meet? Again, I got a feeling you're from a federation that isn't actually from a global body. I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say this, but let anybody else outside of the sport would look at you funny if you broke a world record at, at, your lo at your local gym because they held a competition, who's to say that's an actual authentic world record? Your squat was low enough. Did you actually get drug tested? What kind of testing was involved? Was the bench, everything? Was it a touch and go? Was everything locked out? How do we know this? I've seen federations, quote unquote, members of world bodies, and you read uh, someone's social media, hey, I just broke a world record, actually from a world body, and it's in your local hometown at like a state championship. And it's like, how, why wouldn't freaking Dagestan just churn out 30 world records at, at one of their random local meets then? How would anyone else in the world be able to say, what? That doesn't sound right. How is that possible? That doesn't, are you sure? Well, what kind of proof you want? <laughs> we had judges. We had testing. They said it was good. What do you want? Wait's wait. Got video. Not the greatest video. Not the great. Not, not from all the angles you're going to want. I got video. You know, that's not how it works. It's not how any other sport is going to work. You have to, there, there's levels to this game. Every sport's going to be like this. This isn't, it's crazy to think the other way. Not, not the, it's crazy for me to wrap my head around why people don't see the conflict of interest there. Of course, um, your nation can give their own national records like that because they're gonna govern their own national records. But if your nation's gonna claim one of your lifters broke a world record, well, there better be representation from around the world to see this. Do you understand? 
So if it's a tested, let's just say it's tested because it really isn't an untested like this right now. Um, so we'll just talk tested, okay? If this tested, is the drug tested, all the world bodies, the world bodies involved and all the other nations have representatives present and, or, or at the very least, um, yeah, so they're, they're judging everything. So you know the drug testing, the judges, all of it is up the spec to that world level. Everybody's satisfied. So when you hear about it in Canada and U.S., that in Bulgaria or whatever, they had a comp, you had representatives there and like, yeah, man, I was there. They had testing, the, the squats, everything was good. It is what it is. Everybody put their hand up and said, it's good. Well, that's that. There's no contesting it. That's not a hard thing to grasp. That's not a hard thing to wrap your head around. I don't understand why people are like, that's stupid. That's not stupid. That's the way it should be. If you're, if you're just running a local level meet, now then you're going to be the local hero hitting some local peers. If you're running a national level meet, you know, then everybody else in the nation, you're going to try to take a record for someone else on the other side of the nation. You probably should be at a national level event with some national level, if it's drug testing, drug tests and officiating, etc. I mean, and just, this could apply for other, um, obviously other federations, but let's just say the tested. So I would hope your federation's the same. How does that not make sense? I'm, am I crazy? How does that not make sense? I would hope your federation's the same if it's not. If I was lifting in a fed where that wasn't the case, I would be like, what the fuck? Not the opposite, where people are like, oh, that's... <laughs> where people would hear that's an IPF rule and be like, what the fuck, that's stupid. I would be upset thinking, are you telling me somebody in some local event in Malaysia could smash a total world record? And what do we got here? What do we got for proof on any of this? We just take the, the governing body, the local governing body saying, like, is it a local meat director saying, yeah, it happened? Not even the, not even the national government body? That wouldn't alarm you. That, that's the Fed you want to sign up for. That makes more sense to you? You're uh, having a hard time following. And if they're saying, I know, okay, let's zero in. They don't want invitations. So that's just period a lot. I get, this is just me going off on people saying, you know, world records should be broken anywhere. It's some of the comments in reaction to Arnold's and invitational such as Arnold's can have world records. Um, so some people retort and say, okay, well, fine, we'll meet you that far, six pack, but why not Arnold's? Well, Arnold's sometimes and sometimes does not have world representation in terms of officiating, drug testing, etc. Just all around. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes if the North American Federation gets involved, the NAPF gets in there, um, then it becomes international. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It's the rules are, you know, so it's not always across the board, right? So that's going to be why, you know, it's, 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 it, the IPF's got to get involved to make sure, not just to be pricks, ah, the pricks are so strong and stringent. No, you got to hold the standard. Hold the standard. What's wrong with holding the standard? What happened? Respect the world record. Respect the guys who came before you, the girls who came before you. Respect their world records. Hold their standard. You know, don't make it easy, loose. It should be hard. There should be a standard involved, you know? So um, that's why. And invitational sometimes is a little different. So let's move on. Yoink. Second page. Removal of any downward movement is not permitted as squat for reason for failure. Again, 
I mean, you, you see this later on that, that someone else proposed for the deadlift. It's, it's not always going to be the same nation putting these forward. Man, maybe somebody, somebody from some nation likes to see a good fight. And it's saying, as long as you, as long as you stand up with that squat, isn't that all that matters? You're strong enough. You know, and maybe some people are like, hey, I'll tell you what, some of the funnest squats I've seen at Worlds was a battle and you knew the person, the guy or the girl wasn't going to get it because they're up, down and all over. But they ended up standing up with it and it was an amazing battle and they were strong enough and they squatted it. They just went up and down while doing it. Other people will say, you know what? Nah, it's, it's lower in the bar too. Oh, no pun intended. It's low in the bar when it comes to what you have to respect the squat and the deadlift is. Let them debate it. Fuck it. That's not the craziest thing I've heard. Uh, it's certainly changing a lot, um, historically speaking. But let's see what everybody says. Uh, not allowed to put your feet on the bench and lie as flat as possible. Um, yeah, not allowed to put your feet on the bench. Not, not sure about that one. I think, and, and because that's coupled with and lie as flat as possible, I'm assuming whoever put that forward doesn't like the arches on benches and thinks when you put your feet on a bench and prop up like that, you can create a massive arch. It just gives you more angle to set up, although some people are so flexible they don't need to. Um, but that's just somebody trying to mitigate somehow, some way, not having a bench arch, and I would be shocked if that goes through. Do not get all riled up by some of these, okay? They're all getting voted on again. Um, if a lifter loses balance at the top of the deadlift, pretty much already went over this. It should still count as long as they lock it out. But uh, again, yeah, I know some, some good scraps happen, but it's also part of the drama. You know, you got a sumo deadlifter. It's part of the drama. Will he get it? Oh, 50-50, Sean Noriega, he could deadlift like a motherfucker, can he? But it's 50-50 when he's on the top. He even said so himself, 50-50, if he's going to bobble at the top. And that's, that's the one thing about a sumo deadlifter. Oh, yeah, they got leverages, do they? They got better leverages. They also have a balance issue at the top sometimes when they're spread out like that. You know, not so much in a guy like Deadlift Panda, who, who's got his legs a little closer in, but, you know, you, when you fly too close to the sun and get those, those feet spread out, it creates the bubble. Sometimes that rule makes it more dramatic. Or do people think, you know what? If you're strong enough and there's a little bobble on top, you should still get it. Well, I'll let them debate it. Not the craziest thing, neither. T-shirts won on all lifts. I mean, yeah, man, I think I look cooler without a shirt on. Muscles popping out. Veins coming out at the top of the deadlift. But um, it's still not the craziest shit in the world. If that's why you're going to switch a fed, God bless. Uh, knee sleeves need to be put on in front of a technical officer. I would be shocked. If that goes through, I've been at enough world championships all over the place, including in the back when it's mayhem, to know there's a million lifters all over the place speaking all types of languages in different places of the world, which speak all different types of languages given on whatever year. And there is not as many technical officers who are free that can just sit in front of you and watch you put on all your equipment. Um, uh, it's, uh, I'm just the donuts. That thing's not going through. Whoever put that out there um, is probably just thinking, hey, let's just make sure nobody's cheating. Well, okay, it's not a major concern. When I'm at the Worlds, I don't see too many knee sleeves where I'm thinking, oh, my God, that just put on, that just made the difference. Um, it's not really something that pops in my head, so I, I don't think this is going through. I don't think it's logistically possible. Two changes for both squat and bench, just like the deadlift. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. 
I doubt that's going to go through. And look at, I'm going to be honest with you, like 90% of these flipping things are not going to go through. You got to get everybody to vote on these. You know how hard that's going to be. Representation around the world, they'll be debated. But not very many of these are going to go through. Seriously, 90%, I'm guessing, are not going through. Some of them here, um, I think, might. Change of the Wilkes formula. Yeah, the Wilkes formula sucks. You know, I think almost everybody says that. You are never going to beat a good super heavyweight. You're just not. The Wilkes is incredibly in their favor. Good luck. Or on the flip side, a really, really small guy like Fedoshenko. The Wilkes seems to be skewed towards the people on the polarizing sizes of a body size, but not really going to help the people in the middle. You know, you got a guy, a freak, like you take like Jesse Norris or, um, or whoever, man. Guys like Brett Gibbs smashing 10 times body weight totals. Their Wilkes should be dead even with, or, or, or it may pass, maybe the best we got in the sport, but they're not. You know, and these are the guys that are in weights that the average man walking the street, if he lifts weights, is probably gonna be 83 to 93 kilo. If you lift weights long enough, and you see, and you got the muscle maturity, you're probably gonna be walking around from 180 to 200 pounds when you start get, tossing weights around like that. Um, so the, the talent pool is so thick, and there's so many human beings that are gonna fall in that category. How is it even statistically possible these guys are so far behind when compared to lifters from very shallow talent pools? Just by the common sense, that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, the, the thicker the talent pool, the more talent in a talent pool, the harder it's going to be to strive, and that's where the cream's going to rise to the top. If you're asking me, I'm going to give you 30 days to scour the earth for the best athletes. Um, do you want to look over here where there's a group of 30 people, or do you want to look over here and be able to choose from this group of a million? Well, fuck, right? Now I'm exaggerating, but I'm just, let's be honest here. So it doesn't make sense over years and years and years of powerlifting um, how, for some reason, these people in the most common weight classes, the most stacked weight classes, for some reason, can't produce a quality lifter the same as Ray and Fedoshenko. And Ray and Fedoshenko are phenomenal lifters, but it's obvious the Wilkes score has got to be skewed, no? I would assume so. Um, I can only assume so. Let's see. I'm not a, I, I took stats in university, but I fucking went to university for marketing. I'm a marketing guy, an online social media guy. I'm not a statistician. I just got a working functionality. But I'm being hit up by people saying, hey, man, I know about these stats. I know about the new coefficient they want to put through if you want to talk about it. Maybe we'll have some of these cats on the podcast to talk about some other options. Um, but that's what it is. It's basically people putting forth better options. Because I think thus far we haven't had any better options, so you got to work with something. Okay, so we nailed this down. Let's keep it moving. The possible addition of an extra female weight class, 95 or 96 kilo. Now, we kind of talked about that already, or I kind of talked about that already. Yeah, I fucks with it. I think it's a good idea. Look it. It's a big spread, 83 or 84 kilos, sorry, um, to the super heavyweights. You know, uh, Bonica Lowe, Bonica Brown, just murdering girls out there. And um, if you're, you know, 90 kilo and that's that you're not going to make, you're not going to make 84 kilo. You're going to get slaughtered in the super heavies. I mean, um, it's just not going to work out for you. Good luck. 
So, um, and you could be as shredded up as close as you can get to 84 kilo. Well, that means you're just got no place for you. Thing is, it's too big of a spread, okay? This isn't, it's not a small spread. It's too big of a spread. It's not a bad idea. I don't know if they're thinking they need more weight classes. We'll see what they ended up deciding. Another thing will have to be, what's the talent pool like once again? You don't want to open up a weight class and not have enough talent pool to fill it. Because the one thing they don't want, and this goes back to one of the other proposals is a minimum Wilkes and if you put through when both these pass put through minimum Wilkes and there isn't enough talent to really fill up enough girls in that new weight class you know it's kind of like um you see the USC introducing different weight classes and women's and men's and um the one of the biggest things they're going to talk about is is there enough talent pool because uh, you don't want a world championships and it doesn't look world class level it doesn't make anybody look good when someone tunes in it doesn't look world class level um, so that's one of the things I don't know. There might be, you know, they get, they, these, this is something they can look around at the nationals, different national results all over the world. And if they see some of the body weights of girls saying, Hey, you know what? Around the 95 kilo mark, there is a lot of girls check their Wilkes. It is really good. Their totals are never going to be high enough to win the super heavies, but the Wilkes are all up there. It's quality. Let's do it. That's an easy enough thing to search. Easy enough thing for them to look into. I'm sure they're going to debate it. And whoever brought that forward, hopefully they actually bring forward some of this material with them if you're going to debate this and try to convince all the other nations to vote. But that's the beautiful thing about these propositions, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's got a format to bring forth an idea, bring forth your presentation, bring forth all the stats, and then vote on it and see if you can convince everybody to vote with you. And if you're just somebody who's going to come forward and say, I don't like arches and bench. It looks dumb. Well, guess what? You're not going to convince anybody and I'll get shot down real quick. So don't worry. I'll get all ruffled. Okay. There's a process involved. And um, I think also one of them dropping the junior class uh, to instead of under 23 to under 21 and... Um, not the craziest thing either because uh, back in the day uh, when the talent pool was smaller and I think people were finding powerlifting later on in life. I've been powerlifting over 10 years. I found powerlifting, I was 28. And uh, because there was no social media really around, um, there's no Instagram, we had Facebook. It was literally like, out like 10, like a couple years when, face, when power, I found powerlifting. I'm aging myself a little bit here. But um, so powerlifting wasn't all over the place. You're not gonna find it mainstream anywhere. So you find it later. How else are you going to find it? Now, powerlifting is everywhere. I mean, powerlifting is in high schools and shit. Man, yeah, people, in, when I was in high school, you didn't even know powerlifting. You thought you just knew bodybuilding, you know, Olympic lifting. So now the talent pool is swelling to the point where, yeah, you could be 22 you could, and, and still be competitive and win the Open. We see it. See it all the time. Back in the day, that was not the case. When they originally made junior class, that was not the case. The, the guys winning the Open were all around 30 years old. They were all, that's because you found it later in life and you had the mature muscle just naturally from going to the gym and the younger cats weren't doing it yet. Um, but things have changed, haven't they? Man, there was like two girls at a competition back in the day. Now there'll be 50-50 parity at some competitions, man. The talent pool is swelled in all the different divisions, age groups, sexes, weight classes, the whole nine. So you could talk about, look, if these guys, 22, 23, 21, whatever, are far more competitive than they used to be, maybe you do got to open up the open a little and make the open even more competitive. 
Because in the end, once again, the overall idea when looking at the global level is when you turn on to watch the IPF World Championships, you want to look as much as possible as looking at a sport seamlessly could be into the Olympics. Looks just like that. From the medal ceremonies to the to the the class of lifters to the representation from around the world, everything. And I don't, again, not trying to be mean here. I don't know any other federation that's got a world championships like that right now. When I'm tuning in, I'm like, that looks like, that, that looks like I'm looking, watching NBC Olympics right there. IPF's definitely the closest one to it right now. And they got to keep trying to move in that direction. You know, sort of trying to make the, the worlds that they think. These 22-year-olds should be in the open. It's going to be far more competitive. you got the Russell Orhees of the world. They'll, they'll go in there, uh, you know, on their own. But some of these cats are not, and they should have been. We've seen some juniors out-totaling the world open champions. And, and they're starting to tell themselves, hey, you know, some of these guys are a little shy. Maybe we got to give them a little love and push into the open because we want to see these battles. Competitiveness. Nobody likes tuning into any sport where the opposite football team wins by 30-point spread. The opposite basketball team has it wrapped up and won by half quarter and finishes 50 points ahead. That's not a competitive sport. Nobody wants to see that shit. They want to see competition head-to-head, back and forth. Some of these guys that are in the juniors would have won the Open. They didn't go in it because the option was there and they're sure locked to be a world champion as a junior. Nothing's for sure on the open. Take that away, force men. Perhaps we got ourselves some battles. Perhaps it just becomes more competitive. You know, that, that's, it's worth a debate. It's not dumb. You know, maybe as a whole, we got to protect our 22-year-olds because there's a lot of 22-year-olds to be forced in the open too early, too soon. Not there yet. Cool. But it's worth a debate. It's not dumb. A lot of these on a lot of these proposals aren't dumb. Uh, whoever put that it forward, they're gonna come forward with some stats, some examples. They're gonna walk in there and say, "Did you know 93 kilo junior would have won the open? Did you know 105 junior would have won the open? Did you know these battles would be even better? Let's keep stacking it. Let's keep pushing. It's all it's all good. You know these are conversations you have to have." And some people are going to come to that table with some silly ideas. And some people are going to come to that table with some fucking good ones. Well thought out. Well researched. You got to hear them all to be, to be, you know, fair. And then everybody's going to vote from all over the fucking world to be fair. And then we see what we got. Okay, so everybody losing their shit. Relax. This is the way it's supposed to work. And um, if it's not the way it's supposed to work, I'm interested. Shoot me a line and tell me how it should work. Shoot me a line and tell me how your federation works. And it's better. It's better to not be represented on the world stage. It's better not to have an avenue for your ideas to be put forth. It's better not to have an avenue for your ideas to be voted on. It's better not to have an avenue where you can vote on everybody else's proposals. It's better to have federations having world records smashed and broke all over the world. No one else is there to verify it. You know, it's better for this shit. I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe it is. I'd love to hear it. You know, I, I, love, I love to hear it. And I'd have that conversation. I'll tell you what, if it's a good enough reason, I'll even read your message on the next podcast, post it up for the hundred or whatever thousand people that, that can read it. And um, if it's good enough, whatever, I'll throw it out there. Conversation is never a bad thing. That's what this is all about in the end. Conversation. Let's have a conversation. Now let's talk about it. 
That's the only way you're going to get better is talk about it, debate it, and then have the majority vote on it. Okay, but in this case, yeah, it is a dictatorship because it's my goddamn page. So I'm not going to put everybody's message up there. Ha! Catch 22, all the irony. So anyways, six-pack Labada. It's been 45 short minutes. I'm going to run in my damn mouth. So I'm sure you heard enough about it. Uh, another podcast going to drop where we actually have guests. Imagine that. Um, and it was Garrett Blevins and Ben Rice, two of the 105 contenders, came on. There's some shit talking. There's some debating on what's going to happen. And... Um, and even training principles and Garrett Blyce go or sorry Garrett <laughs> Garrett right mixing these guys together but Blevins goes in on a new app he's got the drop which sounds sounds fascinating for everybody out there uh, you're not gonna want to miss it it's more of the USAPL Raw Nationals previews we've been giving to you and then of course when the USA Raw Nationals come I'll drop some recaps. All the videos will be posted on the Instagram, so you won't miss any of the highlights. I'll give you my thoughts at the end, and then, um, and then we'll start seeing the national teams unfold, and we'll probably have Matt Gary, who's the chairman selecting these national teams, come back on, talk about the process, and how the U.S. national team's going to look moving forward towards the IPF World Championships. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. As always, please do take these podcasts, these screenshots when you post them up and tell people to listen, fucking love it. Okay, I love it because it, it lets people know, yeah, we got a voice out here. You know, we, we, we need these platforms to debate. We need a, a generalized place where we could go and, and have these discussions and keep pushing forward. And everybody we have on the podcast, people from different federations, different backgrounds, from all we've had people from all over the world get to come on here and tell their story so everybody else knows about them. It doesn't matter whether you're Marissa Inda and Steffi Cohen, who just hit 400,000 followers. We have Steffi on here and everybody loves her. I love her, she's great, but we'll also have someone on here who's got 400, not 100,000, but 400 followers. And um, the great powerlifters deserve their shine. They're just not going to be social media swabby. And it's a platform for everybody to tell this story. Because damn, if you heard the Julius Maddox one, whoo, that fucking guy's got a hell of a story. He's got a hell of a story. I didn't even know about before I got him on here. So anyway, signing off. Six-pack lap of that. Peace.